Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Shelters by Jesus radio podcast. Don't touch that dial. You're in the right spot, and we trust that you'll enjoy today's part three of our interview with Gerard, and I'm here with my co-host, Seth. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. I'm ready for winter. You're ready for winter. <laughs> he does like the ice fish, a snowmobile, and so anyway, stay tuned, folks, for episode three of Getting Reacquainted with Gerard. God bless you all for tuning in. Well, Gerard, we left off and you hinted at a story, a snowmobile story. I think that was Gerard B.C. And maybe we can enlighten our listeners about that. But you wanted to bring that up because there were some lessons there I think we learned. Great snowmobile adventure with the Timons and the Durapses. It was kind of fun. So we jumped into the, you had some old beaters, but they were faithful and you were able to start them. I'm like, I really don't want to go on a snowmobile ride with this guy. He's rough around the edges. She made me. She's like, go "Go witness to him. And then they, they said, Send me out to the wolf, and then, my goodness, they're inside wolf. praying like crazy, and I'm like, oh, when is this going to end? And we got them started, and we took off, and you said, follow me, and I was like, it was actually pretty fun. I actually got you to where you knew where you were, and I didn't have a clue where I was, and then you led the way. And then we ended up down by the stream, and you're like, yeah, we can drive on on that ice, and yeah. and so you said, follow, well, and I'm like, idea. I don't know about that, and you said, follow me, and I'm like, yikes, so it's cracking, and, and you're zooming across. And I'm like, and you said, don't stop. And so I didn't. But then we broke a fan belt and we're stranded out there. And I'm like, see God. We were on your property at that time. Yes, we were. And I said, see God, see what happens. And I I just knew something like this was going to happen. And and then yet you had a spare one. Yeah. And you figured out some makeshift tools and we put the other one on. You know, I hung that broken fan belt back in the woods. And every time I walked that path to go back fishing or tap maple trees, I saw that and it reminded me of you. And and I recall called the prayer, but we made it through that episode, and then we came back, and that's when we first met. What got me on that was Mr. Teeman here was witnessing to me, and he was a young Christian at the time, and he wanted to show me the Lord. He did not want to go for a snowmobile ride, (laughs) (laughs) so I had a little fun with him along the way, And but you know, his persistence in doing what, what he had to do because God sent him to do it is what led me to want to know God. I think that's the importance Again, getting back to the word, because the ideal situation would be, Gerard, have a cup of coffee with me. I'm going to tell you about Jesus, and you're <laughs> going right. to say, yes, I want Jesus, and that's good. But, I mean, circumstances, like, I know you fellas have been in a lot of things, flat tire, oh. <laughs> you know, snowmobile. Al, when you went to the record store, you know, you've, you've shared these stories about, yeah. let's be honest, it's never really at an ideal time. It's not. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you make a plan, and you're like, hey, bud, let's go out for, you know, a cup of coffee. Let's have a discussion. Uh, I want to share some stuff. And if you're close enough with that person, you can get away with that. But sometimes, like you said, you've got to invest in people first, and you've got to show them the love of Christ first, and then you can open up. You know, God's people are all different types. Yeah. And I believe that there is a type of person to lead another type of person to Christ. For example, we were on one of them adventures, and we had that flat tire and all that. In the whole midst of that, Mr. Teeman came across the feller at the gas station who was Jewish, had never heard of Jesus Christ. Mr. Teeman got the the opportunity to witness to him. And he introduced him to a group called Jews for Jesus. 
gave him a flyer, and sent him on his way. It was amazing. We had a representative speak at our church <laughs> and just that couple Sundays before, and I was just like, this is great. Actual God's people who believe he's the Messiah and have, and have shed the scales and believe that he is the Savior of the world and start reading the New Testament and say, you know, Jesus is Jewish. So some of them become, they're called Messianic Jews. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was so impressed with that. I, it was another world I didn't know that even existed. So I got a bunch of books and literature. And then I'm like, afterwards, I was like, wait, why did I get all this stuff? What am I going to do with it? And then I felt like maybe I'm supposed to give it away. Yep. And then on that trip, we actually prayed yep. before. I said, Lord, let's do this and that and keep us safe and pray for our family. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah Lord, can you please bring some Jewish people into our lives that we can then share the good news? <laughs> Have either of you encountered a situation where someone was hurt by the Word of God because they were told incorrectly? Yes. And I'll share a quick story. And if you guys could, Sue, I have a friend worked in film with for a long time and he's gay and the topic came up and, and I said, well, why don't you believe? Why don't you? Because I was told that God hates gay people. Oh boy. And I was told that we deserve to be stoned and all this. And I was like, whoa, whoa. I said, hold on a second. I said, let me make something absolutely clear to you. God loves you. Now he hates a sin, but he hates all sin. We as men have elevated this thing to be the greatest sin you could commit against God. But you know what? Next to homosexuality, he lists adultery, lasciviousness, all these other things that we could be doing. And have done. And have done. And it's like, you know what? God doesn't like the sin, but he loves you. Well, I was told I was an abomination. I said, no, the act is an abomination. You're not an abomination. You're created in his image. It really, really calmed him down and got him to think about God in a different way. I said, I got sin in my life that I have to deal with too. And I'm not going to be here telling you because you're gay, God doesn't love you. That's not, I'm not God. I don't have that right. But that's what I mean about hurting people because you're taking things out of context and you're not telling them that it's the sin that God is against, not you. Why would anybody say that? I don't know. It hurts me to hear it. Mm -hmm. It really does. And I've heard it from pastors. I've heard it. If you're a homosexual, we don't want you in our church. Church is not for people that are perfect. Mm -mm. The church is for the people who are not perfect. The church is for the people who are seeking God. And if you want to seek God, go to church, open the word, get into it. God loves you. God loves you no matter what you've done. Praise God. I've heard the same thing. Some churches, they are what they call legalistic. They have their own personal rules, not anything out of the Bible. Well, you have adulterated, so you're no longer welcome at our church. Or you have been divorced, you're no longer welcome at our church. Mm. You wore pants last Sunday, so don't come back. What is wrong with these people? The way I look at it is God loves us. And like you said, he created us in his image. Mm -hmm. We have his Holy Spirit within us. We all have souls that do not die. I tend to say, if anybody's listening, if you are of the homosexual nature and you do these things, what you're doing is a sin. What I did last Friday when I cursed at that guy who drove past me and almost drove me off the road was a sin. But that doesn't mean God hates me. And that doesn't mean God hates you. No. God loves you. Amen. And you can still come to Christ. That is the heart's desire for so many people. And they want to know that we're loved. Absolutely. And, and he loves us with an unending love. He really does. When the sun sets 
you free, you're you free, free indeed. indeed. Religiosity is a oh, real turnoff. Wow. It absolutely is. People ask, are you all religious? And depending on the context, I mean, like, yeah. I, I watched Sergeant York, and they're like, you got religion. And so that was code for, like, you entered into a relationship with the Lord. I like that part, that old Sergeant York movie, and then he didn't want to go to war, but the Lord spoke to him and said, you know, this was evil, and you need to serve me by going. And anyway, great story there. Jesus healed people on the weekend. Absolutely. He healed them on the Sabbath. And that was a miracle. And he said, hey, if you love someone, you're going to leave those 99 people and go after that one who's gone astray. That's what he does to the sinner. He goes after that person that says, no, I can never come back. He leaves the flock and goes and figuratively searches them down, brings them back into the fold. That's what he is with us, too. One of the things I point out to people, too, is what were one of his accusations by his his killers? He loved sinners. Praise God he loved sinners. (laughs) He'd have dinner with prostitutes and tax collectors. And (laughs) the religious people of the time were like, well, I I would never. Well, that's the problem. We have people who need to hear Jesus. And you're going to have to go where they go. They're not going to come to you. It's rare that they come to you. And I believe, like those people who came here on Easter in those costumes, God brought them here. Because there are times when God will call you. I want you in church. And Mm. you think it's your choice, but God Mm. brought them here. Now, there are times when people are going to be out and about. And, you know, most people will be like, well, don't go there. Remember in church? where Nicodemus went to the Absolutely. red district, yeah. you know, and they were like, oh, you can't be seen there. You can't be seen there. <laughs> but there are times when we're called to go to these folks and bring them Jesus Christ, because there may not be another way that they're ever going to hear. And so to close your doors to someone because you think that their sin is greater than yours and you don't want that around you, well, how are you ever going to get folks into your church and get them to know Jesus Christ? We don't know if the people that visit here at the shelter, it's a stepping stone for many of them. Sometimes they're only here for like one day. Yeah. And I'm cognizant of that. That could be the opportunity that the Lord has orchestrated to say, okay, they're here, give them the gospel, and we try to remain faithful to that. I know the Bible teachers do. Mm. And if you open up God's Word, it's a story of redemption. Yes, there's history and poetry and symbolism and prophecy and all sort of thing that are in there. It's a beautifully orchestrated book. My point is we shouldn't use the Word of God as a weapon. No. Okay. Now, the devil's weapons are designed as weapons of mass destruction. When you use them, if I hurt Al's feelings, you know what I've done? I've hurt Al. I'm going to end up hurting his wife. Yep. I'm going to end up getting getting pastor. So I, I'm using the devil's weapons as mass, they're mass destruction weapons. Yeah. They, they yeah. don't care who they hurt. God's weapon is designed to pinpoint the kingdom of darkness. Yep. They're not meant to hurt. And, and it really upsets me sometimes when people use the Bible to hurt people. And it's like, listen, point out sin. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But understand it's a book about redemption. Right. That's right. It's a book about healing, res- restoration to God, yep. not pushing someone away because you think you're God's gatekeeper as to who can get to know Jesus Christ. God said, whomever may come. And right. so that whomever is whomever. My Bible says very clearly that that battle is not yours to fight. That battle belongs to God. Amen. Now lead them to the word of God. Tell them about Jesus, but do not beat them down with the word of God. And that's all I've ever learned. I mean, this guy here is a great example. I can tell you, I could go on and on and on about the things he's done. The first man I met that was a godly man was given to me by God. And I got to tell you, he didn't think so much at the time, but he had problems and he worked through it. He had issues <laughs> and he worked through it. I have issues and he worked past it. That gave me the strength. Now he probably says that he's not as bold person, but he's a very, very bold person. 
And he'd given me the example I needed to seek God. I got to tell you, Gerard, too, then seeing God working in a person and transforming them, that is such a faith builder, it too. It solidifies Amen. your So like your, I started to say, we don't know when that opportunity is going to present itself, and it may be fleeting. It may yeah. be that one and done chance. So not to dismiss those small things, those chance meetings, you know, stuck in the elevator type situations where, okay, the Lord has orchestrated these. That is such a cool thing. I used to drive by those people that were on the side of the road pushing a cart and not say anything. I used to drive by somebody that was broken down and not stop and say, can I help you? I used to drive by somebody who was walking on the side of the road that looked distressed. I won't do it anymore. Now, I know that God, I look back on that and that when I did that, drove by and God said, hey, you think maybe you ought to stop and see if they need some help? And I just kept driving that God probably sent somebody else. But in the meantime, I missed out. Every time I drove by or I didn't do it or I'm sitting there in the choir singing, it's time to give tithe. And I decided, hey, well, not this week. I, I was, I was coming to church. It was you know? more than a few weeks ago. but And I was a little ahead of schedule, which was right? like, that's kind of unusual. And here's a guy. And I'd given him a ride back to his house, but he was right out in front of his house Sunday morning. And he put his thumb out. And I'm driving by and I was like, well, <laughs> my wife happened to be down visiting the grandkids. I'm like, okay. I, so I stopped, backed up, got in. I'm so, okay, where are you going? And he's like, can you take me to the store just down the road? And then I'll give you 20 bucks. Yeah, I got to pick up a couple things. And I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and he's like, he wanted to ride back. And so here I am. I'm a little ahead of schedule. And then I'm just like, well, I'm not going to lose this opportunity here. So he and he, he gets his stuff and uh, I'm taking him back. And then I said, you know, well, I said, uh, so what are you doing today? And then he said, well, I'm just going to sit around. And then I said, well, I'm going to church. You want to go? And he was like, well, church. And he goes, well, where do you go? And so I had the absolute pleasure. You know, I go to shelters by Jesus in Skowhegan. And he goes, well, no, not today. But, you know, I gave him the opportunity. And then I said, I'm the pastor. I'm the preacher. And he goes, really? <laughs> he goes, well, you could do a lot worse. And I'm like, yeah, I, I enjoy what I do. And I said, do you know Jesus? And he's like, I've heard of him. And so I had a chance. To, I witnessed to him. Now, I don't know where that's all going to go, but there's an opportunity, at least it's a seed at a minimum. Absolutely. Amen. You should see the look of relief on people's face when they come in. And I tell them, I'm not interested in your past. That's done. Yeah. What I'm interested in is what you're going to do today. And the look of relief on their face. I've had guys actually cry when we say that. Like, listen, yeah. I get it. You made some mistakes, but I'm not interested in that, and neither is God. What we are interested in is, what are you going to do today? What are you going to do tomorrow? All that stuff, everybody's got that. Every last person in this world has got stuff in their past. Put it behind you. What are you going to do today? Being given that opportunity at a homeless shelter when society won't give you that chance. They look at paper, and there's a lot of times when things look much worse on paper than they really are. Right. And then you bring someone in, and, and you give them that opportunity, and I, I'm going to say the greater majority of people take advantage of that opportunity and they change because you gave them that. You gave them that taste of redemption and then you introduce them to the redeemer who can change everything. I've seen that here. I've been able to speak a few times when I come in and get to speak and the guys are just eating it right up. The ones you know want to be here. Usually they sit a little closer and listen a little bit more. They'll open their Bibles. And, and then you got the few sitting in the back that you really want to concentrate on a bit more because you know that they don't want to be there. I've seen them start to move closer oh, yeah. and closer and <laughs> oh, yeah. closer. And pretty soon they're in the front row or yeah. second row. Yep. Exactly. Have you seen that? That's amazing. We've had it people here, amazing. Gerard, that I don't care. I don't love God. 
God. God doesn't love me. I'm, I'm the only reason I'm here is because I have to be. And then you continue to show them God's love, grace and mercy. And all of a sudden they're moving up. Like you guys said, they get a little closer. And then one day you give the call to salvation and then yeah. they raise their hand. So. Al brought me in one time for a barbecue. Was it last year? What an amazing story that was. You had a guy here that he had cancer and they told him he was going to die and that he should possibly take his own life by telling oh, them. Oh, Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. yeah. Get euthanized, basically. And uh, he didn't want to. He wanted to live because of God. And he was quick to tell me because he didn't know really who I was. He was telling me about Jesus. Going to try to witness to your heart. He was witnessing. <laughs> hey, to praise me. the Lord. I let him. Praise the Lord. I absolutely let him. And I thanked him. You know, it's just a wonderful He thing. took his chance, his opportunity in the hospital. Every nurse, yeah. every person who, candy striper, anybody who brought him food, janitors, doctors, he was witnessing about Jesus Christ. That one witness to that one person will lead on to thousands. Amen. When they come to Christ. Amen. We have to keep moving forward. Yeah, and we can't be tangled by the sufficient other worries of today, right? And so we got to keep moving forward. I love what I just read recently, Martin Luther King. In his church, he said one time, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But you got to keep moving forward. Isn't that cool? That's that's an encouraging word to me. Uh, Yeah. And I'd like to share a bit of encouragement I got this morning. I just get so depressed and I start thinking about humanity and Mm -hmm. the evil that we do to each other. And I start to get hopeless. And then, you know, sharing that with our, we have a counselor that comes here, a licensed counselor and Christian counselor that talks with our residents. And I'm just pouring my heart out, expecting she's going to pat me on the back say everything's all right. And she goes, well, sounds to me like you took your eyes off Jesus. Because if your eyes were on Jesus, you wouldn't be on your circumstance. And I was like, ow. But she's right. (laughs) Is she not? She is very right. She's very, very right. Because if we do take our eyes off Jesus, we will get swept up in the things of the world. And we will get depressed, fearful, anxious, all these things. I think, you know, PTSD is a mental illness. Mm -hmm. Any illness is an illness. But the the mental illness is the hardest one to get past. And PTSD... uh, have that myself. You keep your eyes on Jesus. Hmm. And sometimes you look the other way. A song, something you see on TV will send you to that thought with PTSD of, or even a smell will send you to that thought back to what happened. And you got to turn it around. Jesus can do that for you 100%. But the one that needs to turn it around is you. Amen. And, you know, I got to tell you, it, it is a, it's a slap in the face when somebody tells you, turn around. You know, it is sometimes. If you're out there and you're feeling the same way, people, don't let it offend you. Ask them for help. Let them pray for you. Let them lay hands on you. That's be what a, happened this morning. Be anointed with oil and it will change. God is good. He's true to his promises. Yeah. Amen. I love the Jeremiah 29, 11. I saw that written on your paper the right day. Yeah, he does have a plan for us. Absolutely. Yeah. The Lord does. And it's one just to love us and give us a hope and a future. And folks, our hearts go out to you if you're hurting in that regard. And we just pray that he would fill that void and answer those questions that you have. And please just turn to him because his yoke is easy and his way is good. And rest assured, it was a plan he had in place before the world was Absolutely. even made. Mm. He's not fumbling trying to come up with something for you to do. He has a very big plan for each and every one of his children. He's going to, you know, he, he knows, he feels, he, he's been there. We have a great high priest who we, can sympathize with absolutely. us. Absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. understand. He understands. He does. I'll, I'll give you an example of a young man that I talked to one time and he's actually in a ministry. It's a teen challenge now and he's a leader. But this young man, I was praying with him and he says, God, does it want me? I'm dirty, bad. I do bad things. What would God want with me? He couldn't see. 
couldn't look forward. He was so downtrodden. And I said, he loves you. And now he's in a ministry helping people. God had a plan for him. And by loving God back and receiving God's love, his heart got changed. I know everybody, anybody out there listening really wants to be loved. They want to be paid attention to. They want to be treated nicely. Everybody does. Mm. So do it to others. Amen. I'm encouraged, you yeah. know, when yeah. you hear this, that there is hope. There really is. Amen. And sometimes it's just a matter of humbling ourselves before the Lord. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that sometimes, but I have. My, it's been my experience that <laughs> the times when I really do need to go before the Lord when I don't feel like it. And something's amiss. I can't even put my finger on it sometimes. And I'll get into that growly mood. And my wife will remind me sometimes, or sometimes I just, I don't like where I'm at. And so I just will. Well, then, Lord help. Lord Find a help. place and get on your face. That's what my wife tells me. Well, this <laughs> is this is yeah. Uh, before we end, real quick, I just want to encourage our listeners: find a church. Absolutely. Find brothers and sisters in Christ because iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And it is a difficult life as a Christian, let alone being a Christian who is alone. You know, sometimes God wants us to be the ones who take the step. If you feel like, well, I'm going to wait for Christians to knock on my door and invite me to church, maybe God's telling you to get off your butt and find a church that believes. Mm-hmm. And I would invite you. We have Pastor Barry's streaming messages every Saturday on his Facebook page at 6 p.m. Look for a church. Look for a God-fearing church that you can go to and be part of a community. Well, folks, that brings us to an end of uh, part three with our, our guest, Gerard. Thank you for joining hey. us, sir. Yeah, no problem. I, I have a great time every time I come in with you fellas. <laughs> and Al, really good to see you again, sir. This has been a good day and, a, and yeah. another good episode. Yeah. Trust that our listeners enjoyed it too. God bless you all for listening and the Lord is good. So folks, if you want to learn more about Shelters by Jesus, you can do so by going to www.sheltersbyjesus.com. There you'll find a link to our documentary, book written by pastor a way to donate if god is moving your heart to do so nine bucks a month can get someone off the street here at shelters by jesus if you'd like to learn more about the podcast you can go to sbjradio.com there we post our weekly episodes if you'd like to write us a letter you can do so at 12 mcclellan street scowhegan maine 04976 or you can give us a phone call at 207-474-8833 god bless you thank you so much for listening and we'll look forward to our next episode